One day, the mother of a three-year-old girl decided she wanted to go shopping. So the three-year-old stayed with her dad, but he was busy with the news, so she began to play with her favorite toy, her little tea set. After a while, she decided to bring a cup of tea to her father. She prepared the tea, she offered it to him, he stopped what he was doing, gladly received it, and drank the cup of water. They did this a few times while the mother was gone, but when she got home, he thought it was so cute, he wanted the mother to see. So he had her sit down, and sure enough, the daughter came down the hall, offered him the cup of tea, he gladly received it, and drank the cup. The mother of the three-year-old looked at her husband and said, Honey, do you realize there's only one place that your three-year-old daughter can reach water? If you don't get that, ask your neighbor. Not for a cup of water, just ask him the, the joke. <laughs> You're right, Maggie. <laughs> this three-year-old girl offered her father hospitality through the only means that she knew how. But maybe it wasn't the hospitality of which the dad was expecting. We're talking about stewardship. Our theme for stewardship is we are called. Last week we talked about we are called to love. It came from 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, sincerely love each other because love wipes away sin. And we read a children's book. Guess how much I love you. And we learned about stewardship, that stewardship is more about who we are and whose we are. Today we look at that same theme, we are called, but we take it one more verse, 1 Peter 4, 9. Welcome people into your home and don't grumble about it. We also look at stewardship in a way that stewardship is the name in which we give the expression of our faith. The name with which we give the expression of our faith. And I have another children's book that I want to share with you. If Jesus came to my house, I invite you to hear that story now. Thomas, illustrated by Lori McElrath S. If Jesus Came to My House, by Joan Gale Thomas, illustrated by Lori McElrath Eslick. If Jesus came to my house and knocked upon the door, I'm sure I'd be more happy than I've ever been before. If Jesus came to my house, I'd like him best to be about the age that I am and about the height of me. I'd run downstairs to meet him, the door I'd open wide, and I would say to Jesus, Oh, won't you come inside? I'd offer him my rocking chair at such a comfy seat, and at the pleasant fireplace he'd warm his little feet. My kitten and my puppy dog would sit beside his chair, and they would be as pleased as I at seeing Jesus there. Then I would put the kettle on to make a cup of tea, and we would be as happy and as friendly as can be. I'd show him all the places that are nicest in the house, the hole behind the stairs where I pretend that I'm a mouse, the little window up above where I can stand and see, the people passing down below, and yet they can't see me. And then I think I'd show him the corner in the hall where I'm sometimes rather frightened by the shadows on the wall. 
I always have to hurry when I'm going past at night, but hand in hand with Jesus, I'd be perfectly all right. I'd show him round the garden and ask him please to bless the seeds that I have planted, the peas and watercress. And if the flowers I'd planted were blooming on that day, I'd pick a bunch of all the best for him to take away. Then while he held the basket, I would gather two or three of the ripest rosy apples from my special apple tree. And all the little birds would come and twitter up above for joy at seeing Jesus in the garden that they love. And then we'd play with all my toys, my nicest toys, of course, and he would have the longest ride upon my rocking horse. And with my bricks, I'd build for him a palace of his own, and he would be the little king and sit upon the throne. When we were done, we'd stack the toys all neatly on the shelf, but first I'd let him choose the best and keep them for himself. And when at last the day was done and shadows crossed the sky, I'd see him to the garden gate, and there we'd say goodbye. And perhaps say thank you for a lovely afternoon, and I would say I do so hope you'll come back very soon. And then he'd smile and wave goodbye, and so would end our day. But all the house would seem to smile because he'd been our way. I know the little Jesus can never call on me in the way that I've imagined, like coming in to tea. But I can go to his house and kneel and say a prayer, and I can sing and worship him and talk with him in there. And though he may not occupy my cozy rocking chair, a lot of other people would be happy sitting there. And I can make him welcome, as he himself has said, by doing all I would for him for other folks instead. And though the house is dark at night with shadows on the wall, I never need be frightened when I'm going through the hall. Although I cannot see him, I still can feel him near to understand and hold my hand and drive away my fear. The flowers in my garden he may not pick himself, but someone else would like them upon his mantel shelf. So if I know of anyone who's old or ill or sad, I'll take them there for Jesus' sake and help to make them glad. I still can share with Jesus the nicest of my toys by lending them or giving them to poorer girls and boys. And though he may not visit me as I have wished he would, yet even so he'll bless my house if I am kind and good. The end. The boy welcomed Jesus with friendly hospitality, even gave him some tea, but not from the commode this time. Though Jesus did not actually come to his house, the boy got the message by welcoming others to sit in his rocking chair, by taking flowers that he had picked to the ill or the sad, or by sharing his possessions with others. As a result... He was offering them Jesus. As a result, he was offering them to Jesus and received a blessing because of it. Would we welcome Jesus to our house? Would we be open to Jesus coming to our house? Maybe it's not a good time. Maybe the house isn't clean. Maybe we're not ready. Maybe we think we don't have anything to offer Jesus. Hebrews 13, 2, which you heard Tim read. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing 
Some have entertained angels without knowing it. Another biblical story comes from Matthew 25. It's actually a story about the final judgment in which Jesus talks about separating the sheep from the goat and referring to the sheep in verse 35, he says this, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to... And I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Another biblical story that to me, portrays this message of hospitality, comes from Luke 24. It's the story of the walk to Emmaus. Do you remember that it's Easter day? Jesus has just been resurrected that morning, and two men are walking to their home in Emmaus. A stranger joins them and walks along with them, and they discuss the events of the day. As they discuss, this, discuss these events, then they come to the turnoff to their home. The stranger wants to continue walking, but the two other men invite him to please stay with them. And as they enter his house and sit down at the table, the man drinks, uh, breaks the bread, and their eyes are revealed that it's Jesus. And they're so excited that after a long day, at night, they run back seven miles to the disciples to Jerusalem to share with them the news of what they have experienced. When we offer hospitality to others, radical things happen. When we offer what we have to Jesus or to others as if they are Jesus, radical things happen to us, and we are so excited that we can't wait to tell someone else about it. When we begin to see our stewardship as a response of our offering of what we have, and we give out of our abundance rather than our scarcity, we're giving to Jesus. What do you have to give to Jesus? What are you willing to offer to Jesus this year? Bishop Snazy tells us that Christian hospitality refers to the active desire to invite, welcome, receive, and care for those who are strangers so that they might find for themselves a spiritual home and discover for themselves the unending richness of life in Christ. Have you ever received that type of Christian hospitality? Have you ever offered that moment of hospitality to someone else? It begins when we invite Jesus in. It continues when we share the story. And it becomes real when we practice. Paul, in his book to the Romans, offers his core teaching on what it means to live a faithful and obedient life. He explores several areas within the church, and in chapter 15, he specifically talks about hospitality, especially to those who are different than the Romans. In Romans 15, 7, he says, Welcome one another, therefore just as Christ has welcomed you. What would it mean? 
What would it mean for Emmanuel to welcome a visitor just like Christ has welcomed us? It makes my heart smile when someone says that they felt very welcomed at Emmanuel. But I believe we have to be more inventational and more intentional. For stewardship is the name we give for the practice of the expression of our faith. Will you be more intentional in your stewardship response this year? We're called to love. We're called to welcome. We're called to use our gifts well. What do you need to change in order that heart, hospitality, and service will become more important than your personal preferences or conveniences? What can change in you to make God a higher priority in your life and perhaps in someone else's life? For us to be a growing, vital, and fruitful community, we cannot maintain the status quo. We cannot keep doing ministry as usual. We must initiate the invitation and be intentional in our stewardship. It's easy to offer water from the toilet. It's a lot harder and takes commitment and sacrifice to offer living water. In the name of the one who gives us that living water, Jesus himself. Amen.